strategy is simply when you go want to go from a to b it's the how you get there strategy is how this is the authority builder podcast this is the place to come if you're building a professional practice and you want to be seen as the leader in your market We're going to interview the top experts throughout professional services, and we're going to share insights with you to help you grow your firm and be positioned as the only choice that clients ever want. Welcome to the Authority Builder Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and today we have got another fantastic interview for you. If you are trying to grow your business and maybe you've been a little bit frustrated because you've hit a wall... We're going to show you today how to get through that. Today, I'm talking with Carl J. Cox. He's the CEO of 40 Strategy. He has been an executive leader and board member with seven companies that grew 3x to 5x with operations in four continents. So he's done this before. And he is passionate about designing great strategic plans, but more importantly, connecting the dots and getting those plans done. He's the host of the Measure Success podcast and uh, also author of Lost at CEO, Carl J. Cox, welcome. Steve, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be a guest here today. Hey, Carl, I'm excited for this. Um, you know, just in a couple of interactions we've had leading up to this, it's really apparent that you're a very clear thinker. And I always love talking with clear thinkers. So how did you get to this stage where you you kind of become this master of strategy and, and of multiplying businesses? You know, it's funny how life brings you to places they didn't necessarily expect. Like I thought I was supposed to be still a high school football coach and teaching history. That was where my life was projected to be one day. But the first part of my career, I was a I was a bean counter, uh, became with was with multiple companies, worked with a publicly traded company. And by the age of 30, I was a CFO. But I had actually literally had built up a tax practice on the side to literally supplement my income because I thought that's what was I was supposed to do, be teach high school football. Um, sorry, coach high school football, teach history. That was the thing. However, they asked me, they said, Hey, Carl, we'd love to invest in you, but not if you're going to go and leave us. And so after many, actually, it took me a long time to answer them. This is all verbal. There was like nothing in writing. I said, okay, I'll, I'll, what do you, what do you got? And, and so they said, Hey, Carl, why don't you take over it? Because it's struggling a little bit. We could use your help. And so worked with the team. We fixed it, got better. Then they said, well, that worked. So why don't we give you tech support? I never worked in tech support in my life. I cannot fix anything, by the way. You know, I'm not, I'm not, and I can't do IT just to clarify, but I worked with them. We fixed it. It was awesome. So the next thing we're like, well, can you set up a distribution center in Europe? Well, I'd never even been in Europe before. And so we set up a couple of distribution center over there and they worked great. And the next thing we're like, well, we'd love to send off the guy who's running operations to do some new business. Can you now set up our manufacturing distribution firm, you know, distribution, take it over. And I'm like, okay. So we started manufacturing, got to do supply chain, started going over to Asia. And in that period of time, we tripled in size. Uh, we had developed an ESOP and it was one of the greatest jobs of my life. We, we put in lean operations. So I got to learn how to do things the right way, not only in the manufacturing area, but back office as well. Loved it. What, what I didn't tell you is the executives were Fortune 500 executives who happened to be working in a smaller company. So I got this incredible mentoring on how to do strategic planning execution the right way. Well, I got recruited away. I didn't plan to leave. It was actually one of the saddest days of my life to work with a company that um, grew from 70 employees to 450 employees in three years. And I also played multiple roles in there from uh, setting up a wholly foreign entity in China to working on, we actually invested in a company down in Napa. I got a board of that. And then managing project management, engineering. I literally managed my career every functional department there is in a company. 
So that was an amazing experience. But we were trying to find a better way to track strategy. We had all these executives, once again, a Fortune 500 companies running smaller companies saying, hey, how, how can we get this to work better? We found this company out of Australia called Cascade Strategy. And Cascade was a software tool to help manage the paper, if you may, and the Word and the PowerPoint and the PDFs that we typically manage strategy with. It was it blew me away. Literally, the first question, I was like, okay, we want the tool and can we invest in you? Well, that led to an opportunity where we eventually opened as a side job, um, the Northwest office, which turned into the US office, which turned into the North America office, which then turned into the America's office. We eventually became 50% of the global business, grew from 50 clients to 350 clients in three years. But the real fun thing was I learned how to do strategy within, but I didn't necessarily know the research behind strategy. And so I, I consumed about 300 books in five years, just gaining more information and knowledge and you know how can I help our clients better? What the real problem was people were buying our software, some people were like they buy a Peloton bike. Hey, we buy the bike and I'm gonna get thin. Right. You know, and that doesn't happen. You got to get on the bike. You got to have a plan. You got to have a purpose. And uh, otherwise, it becomes a very expensive towel rack. Well, I was trying to prevent our clients from churning and leaving us. And so I did start giving free consulting. And then they started to pay me for consulting. And eventually, I was with a client down in Arizona. And two hours in the meeting, he turned aside and said, Hey, Carl, you know, I would have paid you $10,000 just for that last two hours. And I was like, Whoa. First of all, I think I'm in the wrong business. And secondly, that was almost the entire amount that they paid for the software implementation, training, et cetera. You know, but it, what it showed was it was a value that we created. And, and so from there, we sold it, um, moved on. Eventually, the, the CEO out of Australia said, hey, Carl, why don't you run my global consulting business? Well, I still had, I have four kids and still had two kids in college, two kids in high school. And um, I'm like, I don't want to miss miss their call it, you know, their athletic careers and, and, and be gone 80% of the time globally. And so I politely declined and open up 40 strategy. And so 40 strategy, we are here to help small to medium sized companies from startup to hundred million design world-class strategic plans, but more importantly, helping them actually get it done. That's an amazing story. Um, I can't imagine being inside a business that grew from 50 to four, what'd you say? 470 or something. Yeah. In, three years, uh, just a few years. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, that's insane growth. And uh, that creates a lot of chaos. So keeping keeping lids on the chaos is a big deal. So talk a little bit about the importance of strategy. I think a lot of businesses, particularly smaller businesses, think that strategy is where we go away for a couple of days and you know we have some fun and we have some meetings and there's some stuff on those, you know, those fancy stick it, um, you know, whiteboard things that you can write on and put them up all around the room and then you take it back. And then, you know, you kind of keep doing what you were doing before that. Right. Uh, it's sort of like a work vacation. Why is that not what strategy is and, and why is it so important for people, even smaller companies to be thinking about? I started, I was trying not to laugh out loud when you said that, but that's exactly the experience that most people have. They, they have this, um, Oh, we're going to have some nice wine and maybe some, perhaps some beverages and um, we're going to get excited about our vision of where we're going to go in the future. And then they come back and exactly everything evaporates. And if they did actually get to the point of creating a strategic plan, it collects dust and, and people go back to being in their business, not on their business. This is why people hate strategy and they should. They really should. They should hate strategy. They should hate strategy and strategic planning because 90% of strategic plans fail. Think about that. Bain, the McKinsey, the biggest firms in the world that people spend 
you can't talk with them without a half million dollar bill. Like literally half million dollar bill. You cannot talk with them. And, and they would say, oh yeah, you can, you get a $50,000 talk, but to do a big engagement, you know, it's half million dollars to get a real strategic implementation. 80% of theirs fail. Okay. So there is a huge problem, even with the greatest experts in the world of how do we get change to actually work? And, and we've identified over the years through my own personal experiences and through research, there's seven key principles that if you, if you do any one of them better, it's going to make it better. But if you figure out all seven, you'll have the experiences I've had in my life, which you have three X, five X, 10 X experiences. And it's fun. It's fun. Like when you really figure it out and let's clarify what strategy means. Okay. Cause honestly, I didn't know what strategy was until my thirties. Right. And I'm nearly 50 now. Right. Okay. It took me, took me 30 years of my life to figure out strategy. Strategy is simply when you go, want to go from A to B, it's the how you get there. Strategy is how. A, we're starting a point. We want to go somewhere different. And, and a strategic plan is literally a collection of hows you're going to get there. I love that. That kind of simplifies the whole thing. Right. It's literally the, the execution plan, I guess, for how to get to where you want to be. That's exactly right. It, it is the execution plan. But what the challenge is, is a lot of people create execution plans. But one of my favorite, um, I'll do a historical analogy, uh, D-Day. Okay. So if anyone's familiar with World War II and you saw the movie Saving Private Ryan, that horrible beach scene in Omaha Beach, when soldiers and Saving Private people were, they had 2,000 casualties that day that happened on that particular beach. The good news is that wasn't the way for most beaches and it had a successful launch. But what's really fascinating is six to nine months of effort was on figuring out how to get to D-Day. One of the greatest strategic planning efforts of all time. What's fascinating is that on the very next day, the very next day, they ran into hedgerows. Now, for those in the audience who haven't been over to France, hedgerows are literally overgrown trees that are over dirt paths and, and roadways. And then there is these basically built-in farms that have built in over the years. It was a perfect defensive reinforcements, naturally built, and our Sherman tanks could not traverse in them. They were sitting ducks. We literally had to change our complete thing. But think about that. The greatest thing in the world, we had spies everywhere. We had aerial photographs. We had no idea how to deal with hedgerows. Why do I bring this up? This is the reality of our strategic planning process. To develop a strategic plan and put into PDF and have it permanent is foolish. We have to have a flexible strategic plan because you're going to run into your hedgerows. And if I think everyone will remember, uh, did anyone predict COVID? Did anyone predict interest rates going back to you know six to eight percent? No, nobody predicted those experiences. And so we have to have a plan that you can adapt with and change and figure out because if you don't, what happens is you go to back to freaking out again, right? And you just try to be busy saving your business rather than having a focused plan that's adaptable to get to your end result. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's a great analogy because I think that, that happens in business all the time. Even if you don't have a COVID you know, or interest rates, even just within the business itself, nothing ever goes exactly to plan. There's always something that that's off a little bit. So as you're guiding a company through this, where where do you begin the the conversation around strategy? Yeah, great question. So the first thing you have to start out is why are we doing this first place? 
right? And, and, and that I really like to talk with the shareholders and key executives of the company. Where are you trying to be 10 years plus from now? What is your, what is your long-term vision? Why, why are you trying to, what type of dent are you trying to make in the universe, if you may, right? And if you don't have something that's inspiring, no different than buying that Peloton bike, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be in a wedding and I don't want to, or I'm going to Mexico and I don't want to look really overweight when I go to Mexico. So I don't lose weight. So therefore I have a purpose right behind it. Well, when I, with a business, we want to have a little bit longer time horizon. It might be, Hey, we're, we're trying to dominate the West coast market in our particular business. Or it might be, we're trying to make such a difference. So people have our product, our service, whatever it is, right. They're making a difference, but you want it so clear and visual that People know what the future is going to look like. And when people have that vision, you attract the people you want and the people you don't want end up leaving. So you got to start with there. So that's number one. You got to have a really strong vision. Then after you figure out your vision, you, you now have to set aspiring goals. Uh, most people set, as a matter of fact, there's a really fun post uh, Grant Cardone had did. And you, everyone knows smart goals, right? Specific, measurable, accurate, reasonable, time-oriented. Well, the problem, and he actually called them stupid goals. He put this post. It was fantastic. And I actually commented, I said, and it was a great post for the fact of this. He has a book called 10X. And if you don't do extraordinary things, if you don't go, otherwise it just becomes an operating budget. We're going to increase our business by 3% over the next year. Hmm. So what happens? We create a 3% business, put all our little bonuses on it, and people are boring day in, day out. And they just do, and they grow. And then, of course, if there's any challenges... Good luck, right? Well, the funny part is you need to create aspiring goals and you could do the same amount of work. So let's just, let's just keep simple examples. Okay, one business might be, we're gonna go from 10 million to 10.5 million. Let's just say 5% growth. But another business says, we're gonna go, we're gonna go to 15 million in three years. Well, why we do that, why we create aspiring goals is it forces you to change your habits. It's not strategic if you're not changing your habits. Right. And so that's the second key thing, aspiring goals. And then, and then we move forward, Steve, to the next part, which is how, right? Literally how you're going to get there. After we get to the hows, then the, the, the tough part is next. So behind me is a book called The Four Disciplines of Execution. And one of my all-time favorite books is it's a, it's a top five to 10 book in terms of strategy and execution. And they did 1,500 strategic implementations and said this. Oh, do only three, three strategic plans. Sorry, initiatives, house at any one time. After doing nearly 5,000 implementations, they revised the book and said, do one thing at a time. Okay. So trim is that section of you got to trim down and you trim it by figuring out what you're most likely to do, the highest probability combined with the biggest impact. And that should be your focus areas. That's what you're going to do. Not everything, just the few things. And then you got to start. And I got another book behind me called Start because people freak out, Steve, right? You know, I, I, we have our book launching uh, at Lost CEO. It's scary. It is scary to reveal yourself and I'm going to get ripped apart. Some people are going to hate it and other people are going to love it, right? But you're going to, you're going to, we take those criticisms. So we're fearful. Well, there's a reason why, by the way, Steve, people hire McKenzie and Bain because nobody's ever gotten fired for hiring McKenzie and right. Bain right? But you can get to the same result. You don't need to put all that expense. You just have to have the courage to move forward and do it. So, so we work on that understanding and, and developing key plans. We have measurements. 
And then we have really important accountability factors, because if you don't develop accountability, people will just go back to being in the business again. Hmm. The number one reason why strategic plans fail is because I'm too busy, right? And so we have to make sure that people have the right resource time, availability focus to actually get it done. So that's it in a nutshell. And then of course, when you're all done with where you are, you got to revise, relook. There's more to the story, of course, stories, right? You know, how can I put 30 years into, into 10 minutes, right? In that discussion. But right. those are the really are the seven key principles when doing that the right way, that is the difference between a poor plan or a plan that's going to at least get two thirds or greater strategic judges. We try to make sure that all of our clients get in the top 10% of success. Yeah, and I love how you've laid all of that out. And it, you know, it occurs to me that creating the plan is maybe the easiest part of the whole process. Talk a little bit about the habits. So you said that that really the the only way to uh, know that you're doing great things is it's got to force this habit change. That's really difficult to do for most human beings. So what are some of the things you've learned over the years to help make that happen inside of an organization? Well, I'll give you one set of tips here that is is a game changer, absolute game changer. Can people tell? And, and it's um, matter of fact, I've taken some of these concepts from the twelve week year book I have behind me. Uh, we we like to put it into ten week concepts, but this is this is the fact. We're busy. We are busy. No matter what's happening in strategy, we still have to serve our clients. We still have to collect our payments. We still have to figure out new product, et cetera. Not even strategy, but to create habits of change. We have to be clear on what we have to do each and every week. Somebody working. So most, if you're a good strategic plan, you're like, oh, we meet quarterly to review our strategic objectives. If you're better, you meet monthly. But if you're crushing it, you're reviewing weekly. So we like to work with our clients to do 10-week sprints. You develop literally, here's the 10 tasks or tactics we're going to do every single week. And managers reviewing with that team every single week this is what you're doing next. Are you clear? We're going to, what did you do? But this is the difference between success and not is this very next statement. Something's going to happen, Steve. Oh, I was so busy. That one client out of Atlanta just created all these challenges for me. And I was super busy with them. And then the snowstorm happened, Steve. I couldn't get to work for two of the days. I know I'm on Zoom, but I, you know, it was, it was busy. I had to shovel snow. I couldn't get my, my tactic done this week. So the difference between good and great management is that manager is going to have empathy for that person. They're going to hear and understand and they can the knowledge, but they're going to say this key thing. I hear everything you said there, but you understand that this strategic initiative is the difference between us being a 10.5 and a $15 million company in three years. So what are you going to do this upcoming week to catch up? Then, and only then would that strategic leader will truly understand that you're serious about the accountability of changing. Once that starts happening, everybody starts getting it. And, and so we like to do these 10 week sprints where we're like, move quickly, take a rest a few weeks. Don't work during the middle of 4th of July week during the Christmas holiday, you know, you're, don't work. You're, you can't do strategy in those times. It's silly, but in the times you have available, you create these sprints, and you create that accountability, and then your culture will have a culture of accountability on strategy. And that's a massive game changer. I, you know, for anybody that's managed people, getting that accountability to work 
is the hardest part, I think, you know, because most managers don't want to constantly feel like they're the bad guy. But I love that little phrasing, you know, it's how are you going to catch up? You're being empathetic, you're understanding. And yet this still needs to get done. That's right. That's right. You know, and, and I would imagine part of that is, and, you know, when, when they come back with a plan, it's what, what resources can we support you with to, to make sure that we get it as a team? Yeah. What, one of the things uh, you said, a couple of things there, a little point is what, what one of the biggest, if you have a larger team, so I'm assuming you're not a smaller company, if you have a larger key team and you have a, uh, a leadership team and you have management or, or, or workers or employees that are going to be actively working in the plan, you cannot figure out all the how without them. Otherwise they will reject it. Okay. So, so you figure out where the managers and leaders is to figure out the vision and then to figure out where you're going, your goals. Okay. You're going to aspire towards the how should be figured out by the, who you're doing it. And then the management team approves the house. And when they approve the house, they're also saying, we're going to give you resource time. We're going to set aside time so you can be successful. It's not your seventh job on top of everything else that's happening. Those who don't make the, the buy-in and then give the resources is a critical failure. Because what happens, that manager who is now saying you have to get it done when the snowstorm happened that, they can't say that with integrity if they didn't give them resource time to get it done in the first place. So there is a part on our side as the leadership and the management that we have to have compassion, understanding, and resource time to enforce the accountability. Because otherwise we just look like fools. And that's often why we walk away. We don't hold them accountable because we know at the end of the day, it was our fault. We have to take ownership that it was our fault, not the team's fault that they didn't get again. We didn't design the plan right, get the buy-in and get the resources. So they end up doing it in the first place. Well, you know, it's almost like you're out of integrity. You're not really committed to what you say you want to accomplish if you're not willing to commit the resources to it. That's exactly yeah, right. It's, it's, and that's key. So... Talk a little bit about building out the the how piece of this. Um, I, I know you're going to get, you know, the, the people who are doing the work involved in that. Sometimes I've seen it happen where it's there can be a disconnect between the activities that are that are happening in an organization and what the strategy is. How do you build that in and sort of educate the people who are going to do the execution on how to come up with hows that are going to lead to that that ultimate result because that that's not a trivial piece of this no it really isn't and, and it does require education so we teach everybody our, our seven key principles at every level if they're working in any part of design of the strategic plan and and so we work with them this concept that we talked about well what is strategy right and we go through those concepts but well we, we use different a little bit different language intentionally and the reason why we do intentionally, Steve, is because most people fail on strategic plans. So we, so one of the words we use is, uh, you know, we use that aspire and call a destination. So it's not a goal. It's a destination. We're going to get to three years from now. Why? Because when you do a plane trip, you plan to get at the destination. If you do a goal, you think it's going to fail. So we use some language difference. So that's A. B, then we talk about harbors. That's your first year goals. You need a safe harbor because if you don't get to your first year safe harbor, you're not going to get to your three-year goal. Then we move back and we talk about journeys. The journey is how you're going to get there. And the oars is the actions or tactics to actually get it done. So we differentiate that, that concept between what and how. 
And when we clarify and differentiate that, then people start understanding, oh, this is a quote unquote, a strategy, right? A high level conceptual strategy. But these are the efforts I have to do day in, day in and day out each week to accomplish, to get to my outcomes. Well, and I love that you're now managing this weekly, right? Because I've, I've seen that, I've made that mistake where we looked at it at the beginning of the quarter and the end of the quarter, that didn't work very well. We quickly learned we need to look at this more often. You know, and so having that rhythm, I would imagine really increases certainty in the process, probably relieves the managers of a lot of stress as well. Because when you don't look at it weekly, all of a sudden everything sneaks up, right? And there's like that last crunch of the quarter, which nobody likes to live through. Well, Steve, where I learned about this was from real experience. I had read the book, but I, I didn't really know what it meant. You know, it's like a lot of things. Oh, it's an interesting book, but can I apply this? And I was working with a, a team, a sales team, really smart team, really high driven. Like this is not a bunch of slackers. They were a hardworking, devoted team. And their goal was to create one sales playbook by the end of the year. That's it. Well, let me clarify. They had to still do their sales and get you know, meet their targets, things like that. But the strategic goal was one sales playbook. Met with them about five months in. Of course, I was checking up along the way and I'd see some writing on the whiteboard, da, 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 da. Nothing was, tr there was no traction at all. So I'd recently read the book for a week year and I was like, hmm, what if I could apply this? So I split them up and there was three in this particular team, there's three different individuals. And I said, okay, we're going to work with each one of you and develop your own 12 week plan. But the difference here is it's going to be your own industry that we want you to focus on. Met them one week, week in, week out. By August, and we didn't start till May. By August, we had three sales playbooks by industry instead of one at the end of the year that probably wouldn't have been done that well. That's the power of that iteration of working with your team week in and week out. Because we did, we made changes along the way. We, we thought some tactics were going to work and oh, make, adjust and do this, make a little difference, right? There was continuous evolution, but there was also the accountability, right? No, 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 no. That wasn't okay that you get to get that on. How are you going to catch up? Tell me how you're going to catch up, not just catch up. Tell me how you're going to catch up this week to make sure you get the time in to get it done. And that's what happens. That's, this is one of these examples, like just that one little principle, three X, just that one thing. Right. And, and that's what we, where we love to do is just, just continuously give these tips, techniques, I don't want to call them tricks because they're just, it's proven science. This is like stuff hard business review has validated, right? One of the things I haven't talked about is your indicators. Most organizations' goals are about the outcomes. We want to increase our sales up to 15 million, right? We want to make this then the world. That's 70 to 80% of the numbers. They're all lagging indicators. The, the, the result of the end result of doing what you're supposed to do. Great. That's not what people are working on, Right. A sale is not your action. It's the result of a customer deciding to make a decision to buy your product or service. That's, that's an end result. The actions are, did we reach out to try to connect with our clients? Did we make calls each week? Did we have follow-up? Did we have a demo meeting? That's your strategies. These are the actions. These are the leading indicators that should be the core of the strategic plan. That's also a key differentiator. That alone, Harvard Business Review, and once again, another thing, they've said, Another 3X, you focus on leading indicators rather than lagging indicators, you're going to have a 3X the better result. Data, this is data-driven stuff. And, and so that's what I love. And, but what's fun is not only have I seen the science behind it, I've lived it, 
And then I coach it and we see the results with our clients. It's, it's awesome. It's so fun. It's just so fun because we're not talking about working any harder, Steve, right? We're just talking about working smarter. And that's going back to 10X grant, 10X goals. That's when it truly becomes smart goals, right? Smart actions, because we're doing all the right fundamentals along the way. It's just like, if you were to try to run a marathon, you could like do it on your own, which I ran a marathon and it was a challenge, huge challenge. But it wasn't until I read a book by an expert who run 113 marathons, right? That all of a sudden, I was like, oh, wow. My just running out on my own, just randomly at any time of the day with different things, different food, with different shoes, with different clothing, with different water, right? And this is how people treat their strategic plan. They think they're an expert because they do it once a year and they go to retreat. It's not the truth. No, no, certainly not. So um, I know we're, we're uh, coming to the end of our time um, and I want to make sure that we get you out on time. But um, two quick kind of final questions. One, is there a is there sort of a key mistake that you see made really often that is sort of easy to avoid? And then two, I want to make sure we we share with people how to get in touch with you and how to get the new book when it's out and all of that. So what, what's that key mistake that people ought to be mindful of to avoid? A key mistake is thinking you walk out of the retreat and you're done. So if you do a strategic retreat and if you think you're done, you're not. And even if, even if everybody in the team, let's just say you had four people on a team and you just met, that was your leadership and you all met together and you thought, oh, we're done. I can't tell you how many times I've walked away from a tree and I didn't know what was written down on the board. So a, a fun little tactic is if your goals, I'm going back to goals again, or your strategies need to be clear, concise sentences that your 12 year old niece or nephew can understand. When you get down to that simplicity, then you're going to be more successful. You and I work with brilliant people, Steve, you know, from, from doctors and attorneys and um, PhDs and uh, professors and, and people who have literally run other businesses and been really successful, but they will still get caught in their business and they'll still get right words and terms that are too complex and nobody understands them. We want everybody to understand, to understand everybody in the organization to understand it. So then they have confidence to start when they're getting ready to do their weekly goals. Yeah, it's, it's so interesting when you can express what it is that you want done very simply and plainly. And, and that takes a lot of work to get to. But when you can, it makes it so much easier to get anything done. I mean, I noticed that at the micro level when I'm writing out what I need to do today, if I write it out really clearly, it's easier to do. And I've noticed that in our own, you know, strategy and planning that the clearer we are, because you go back to it again and again and again, what you don't want is the, the meaning of that, that action changing as you reinterpret and reinterpret and reinterpret because the language was, was muddy. So I love that. That's brilliant. So where, where can people find more about uh, the work you're doing at 40 strategy? And, and I know the book's coming out here soon. We're recording this in uh, spring of 2023. So sometime in May, it'll be launched and available. Where can folks find that as well? That's right. So the best place to go is go to 40strategy.com. That's our, our core website. And so feel free to take a look at that. You'll see our book that's being launched and the ability to be able to order from that. The thing we're really excited about in August of 2023, we've already piloted this with awesome success, is we've been trying to figure out how to scale our business. So our, we've been strategic. 
And so what we've done is we've created, quote unquote, the captain strategy program. This is where in group settings, we can work with people at a fraction of the cost, can actually design and develop their own world-class strategic plan in a group setting. It's awesome. Um, I encourage you to go out, try to get signed up for that because it's once again to get, it's, I'm still teaching them. So I'm, I'm still, uh, the facilitating, working, connecting. And, um, but it's, it's a lot more cost effective than hiring me to come out and be at your business. And so for those who want to go down that path, but yeah, those two things, the loss of CEO and our new course and, and we'll see, we'll enable you. We'll talk with them afterwards. We'll give, uh, to your listeners a discount code if they connect out with you so they could get a discount to be a part of the program. Perfect. And we'll put all of that into the show notes so um, you can find the links. Uh, again, it's 40 strategy, the number 4040strategy.com. And uh, Carl, I'm just grateful that you took some time and you invested it with us today and shared some of your wisdom. Thanks for being here. Steve, thank you so much. Great questions. And by the way, I love your books. And in particular, I've been recently uh as up here, million dollar book. I think that was fantastic. And I appreciate the difference that you're making out there. So thank you so much. Uh, thank you. And uh, we will see each other very soon, I'm sure. Thanks for listening to the Authority Builder Podcast. Here are three ways you can expand your authority. Number one, get a copy of the million dollar book. In it, I show you how to multiply your authority by writing a best selling book in less than 90 days guaranteed. After all, you're the best spokesperson for your ideas. Go to authoritybuilderpodcast.com slash book and get your copy. Number two, join me for an upcoming Write Your Million Dollar Book Accelerator and let's jumpstart your authority building book now. For upcoming dates, go to authoritybuilderpodcast.com slash accelerator. And number three, work with me and my team to get your book done and bring in business. Email me at steve at authoritybuilderpodcast.com and put, I want to write a book in the subject line. See you soon.